Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. For this episode, I'm interviewing Elizabeth Batala. Elizabeth has worked with a multitude of global companies of various sizes and specialties during her career of 30 plus years. She is an author and powerful influencer with broad business experience in guiding, operating, and affecting change at a senior level. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me on your show, Christina. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to find out about the three forces, but before we do that, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Of course. Uh, So I have uh, worked in the corporate world for more than 30 years now. And in that time, I have interacted with with many women, mentored many women, coached many women, as well as lectured at different universities and colleges. And over that period of time, uh, you know, I realized that a lot of the concerns, queries, problems that women face uh, fell into sort of one of nine life buckets. And I decided to package all of the expertise that I had accumulated over those years and make it available to the masses. Hence the reason uh, the three forces in achieving excellence and what I'm doing now as an entrepreneur. Oh, I love it. Now, just before we get into the three forces, or maybe we will, mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what are the nine buckets? Oh, right. Well, it's difficult to explain the nine bucket without the three forces. So the, 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 the nine, ah. the nine buckets actually, it's, it, they come, they, they make up the three forces in achieving excellence because the, the whole, oh, okay. the whole premise, Christina, is, um, you know, someone needs to show up at their best. And excellence is is just that, someone showing up at their best in everything that they do and and in all that they, their their persona and everything that they show up as. And excellence is not about perfection. It is just about using the resources you have and doing the best that you can at every moment. And what I realized is that there were many women who were confused as to how to accomplish that and how to achieve that. And I broke it down into a framework of the three forces, and that included the person themselves, the identity, the relationships they have with themselves and others, that's uh, their connections, and then their standard of living, which is their status. Now, within those three forces, there are three life buckets. In other words, three areas that they need to identify, work with, implement techniques and tools. and it feeds into that specific force. And that's how the nine life buckets comes about. Ah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, which one, which of the forces would you like to dive into first? Usually I start off with the identity force because that is very personal. Perfect. Yes. It's it's about, you know, how someone can present themselves. It's all about the individual, the identity of that individual. And again, you know, speaking to women and hearing their concerns about how they show up in their everyday life, in their personal life and professional life, 
I realized that it sort of spanned three areas. One was their prof- their personal brand, how it is they you know they in- interacted and and how it is they they carry themselves. The next was their demeanor, how they walked, how they talked, how they communicated, and then the final one is their personal style. Because we live in a visual world, Christina, we can't get away from that. So, you know, how how you mm-hmm. appear, how someone dresses and carries themselves, it, it makes a difference. So those were the three, er- uh, the, the three life areas within that particular force. Ooh, so what <laughs> do our listeners need to know about this area? Well, there, there are many, there are many, many things. And there, there are many tips, uh, you know, scattered throughout that area. But one tip I can leave with with your audience is when you are explaining something, whether it be your elevator pitch, whether it be uh, at an interview, normally time is of the essence. And we get, on many occasions, we feel anxious, we, we feel, uh, you know, tied tongue about being able to express ourselves properly. And one of the tips that you can use to help yeah. you, you know, overcome that, especially in things like interviews, etc., is using the STAR approach. S-T-A-R approach. And that stands for situation, task, action, and result. And that was invented by DDI, the Development Dimensions International Incorporated. And what they were saying is that you can build that into your conversation. So let me give an example, Christina. If I am being interviewed and someone says to me, well, what do you do? I'm, I'm, I'm in a, you know, I'm at a social or I'm at an event or a company, company gathering. What do you do? To prevent myself from rambling on, I use the STAR approach. So for example, what is the situation? The situation is I manage key stakeholder relationships. What is the task? I execute quality improvements. What is my action? I lead global audits. And what is the result? I reduce revenue loss from black markets by 15%. So when I put all of that together, it's quick, it's snappy, and it gives the other person the total picture. So I simply say, when explaining what I do with my company, I manage key stakeholder relationships to execute quality improvements across the company. So I lead global audits, and this reduces revenue loss from black markets by 15%. It's tangible, it's fast, and it covers all of the bases. It leaves no room for doubt in any way. (laughs) The STAR approach. I love that. Yeah, I can see how you could have some prepared and ready to go for a major, you know, what you're expecting, maybe a conversation to go. But then you can also use it uh, in the moment when you need to respond. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are many tips, but that is just one easy way that someone can use to break down their their response to a, a question like that. Oh, absolutely. And that affects your personal brand and your demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not. What, what about personal style? When I hear that, I think of the way you dress. So what, what is that? Oh, personal style is much more than, than the way you dress. It's, it's not, it's not only about where, whether I should wear a skirt, should it be long, short. The, the whole idea about personal style is first, 
being being true to who you are, identifying your personality. So for instance, if I am quite a flamboyant person, wearing a black suit may not suit me. Uh, if I am in an industry where I require, I'm required to wear a black suit, how can I leverage my personality and, 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 and express who I am without necessarily um, seeming overly over the top in an organization that can be quite conservative? So personal style, yeah. it, it is about you as the individual, but it's also about the context in which you operate. So for instance, I may be in a very uh, relaxed and casual environment, but my clients aren't, and I have to dress in a, dress in an appropriate in appropriate way for 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 my clients. Or it could mean that I am I hold a particular position in an organization, and I am perceived in a particular way, and I have to take that into account when I dress. So. All of these things in terms, you know, it, it deals with personal style, who you are as an individual, the context in which you are working, as well as other aspects like, you know, color and shape of clothing, shape of the body, shape of the face, working with all of these things to, to create a persona that's you and that screams, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So being yourself within the context of maybe your organization's culture, your client's culture. So I can see how that that's neat, you know, being able to be yourself mm -hmm. with considering your surroundings, you know, what messages that you're sending. Absolutely. Absolutely. All of that in, in, incorporates who you are as an individual, your identity. Yes. Nice. Okay. So cool. So with person, mm -hmm. we did uh, star is our tip. Awesome tip. Now, what about relationships? What are the three areas in, in this uh, force? Okay. So that force is called connections. And as, as I explained, that deals with your relationship with yourself as well as others. And that it, the three life areas within that force, one is your physical health and awareness, your mental health and awareness and your emotional health and awareness. So it's all about the physical, mental and emotional health and awareness. So it's quite heavy topics. Oh wow. <laughs> yes, quite important yes. topics. <laughs> uh, so how does your uh, physical health relate to your connections? If we don't have the energy to get out of bed, <laughs> life can become a very difficult thing to accept and to live and to get through. Um, so physical health oh, is, yeah. is really, really important um, because it's, it, we have one body. We each have our, our bodies and that's our vehicle. That's the way we move from point A to point B. And if we are not in, in good physical health, whether that even mental health or emotional health, it damages who we are as an individual and it definitely damages the relationships that we have with others. Um, because it plays a vital role in how we connect and how we communicate with others. Awesome. I love that. Not many people would make that connection, but it is. It's so connected to our emotions and our mental state, and that all affects how we interact with others. So that that's awesome that you add that in there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So what is our tip for this area? Well, I can give a tip on the physical health 
um, something very simple, very um, that you can implement. It is. It was developed by an optometrist called Dr. Jeffrey Anshell, and he recommended the twenty 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 rule. Some of you may know of it. Some of you may not. So the twenty 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 rule states that for every twenty minutes looking at the computer. Take a 20-second break and focus on something at least 20 feet away. Sounds simple. Huh. Sounds simple, but it isn't always easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd never heard of that. Wow. Yes. 20, 20. So every 20 minutes, you take a 20-second break and look at something at least 20 feet away. And for those who are living in, you know, small apartments, it, you don't have to go outside to look 20 feet away. Open a window and look 20 feet away. Ideally, and what I would add to that is if you can focus on something green like a tree or even something blue like the sky, because those colors tend to be soothing colors to the eyes and it gives the eyes a further rest when focusing in a, in, in a distance on those colors. I love that. So I can see. So that's definitely helping our eyes. Mm -hmm. How is that helping with our our physical, mental, emotional? Well, when our eyes are become very tired and strained, what happens? We get headaches. When we get headaches, we can't perform. Yeah. When we can't perform, we get frustrated. When we get frustrated, we lash out at, at the, the people closest to us. <laughs> and it, it, it just continues and continues. <laughs> so th that's the emotional and that, that's the mental. You know, it, it affects our mental capabilities. And then those emotions arise and it affects our relationships and how quickly we may or may not snap at someone who asks a simple question. Isn't it fascinating <laughs> how the seemingly very small things in our lives can have such a ripple effect? Absolutely. Definitely. And this is why nothing in life, I would wow. say, don't, don't underestimate the simple things because many simple things or simple things over a consistent period of time equates to grand things. It equates to big things. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So which also means the smallest changes that we make, we don't have to be overwhelmed with completely changing everything, right? So the smallest changes can make a huge difference in our life. Oh, bravo. Like the 2020. Bravo. Absolutely, Christina. <laughs> and and what I would like the audience to understand is although I'm talking about the three forces in achieving excellence and, and you know, it, it, it incorporates nine life areas, please do not feel overwhelmed. You don't have to get everything perfect every single day. It's small steps moving forward over a consistent period of time. Yeah. That is what counts. I love it. Yeah. It will. And we have to remind ourselves that when we get frustrated, <laughs> when we don't see change coming fast enough. Exactly. <laughs> it's okay. It's going to compound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. So what about uh, status, our standard of living? Okay. So the final life force, stand, uh, it's called status. And as you said, it affects this, our standard of living. And the three life areas that that incorporates, one is called your profession, profession slash business, because that's, you know, how we earn a living. That's how we earn an income or generate an income. So it's profession or business. The second one under that is finance, how you would manage your finances. 
And then the final one is future. How are you going to set yourself up now for future success? So those are the three under status. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. Well, and we can do the 202020 to set us up for future success, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Even even though <laughs> even though something is in one bucket and in one force, it doesn't mean that it it it, it can't be, you know, as you said, the ripple effect is it's felt throughout. <laughs> exactly. Oh, nice. So what is our um suggestion for this area? Suggestion for this area. I will focus on the the life bucket of profession because on many occasions in, in, in my conversations, this is where a lot of people have, you know, challenges. And one of the challenges that we are facing is, you know, sometimes dealing with a difficult manager. The longer we stay in our career yes. <laughs> is the more I can guarantee you we meet that one individual who makes life living impossible. <laughs> and yes, <laughs> I've had a couple of those. Yes, and the thing is, you know, when it's our manager, um, it, it, we can feel vulnerable because this is the person who has a, a direct impact um, in in our, you know, our decisions and and how we how well we do or don't do in a performance appraisal, etc. So it can feel to many as a, not only frustrating but a bit intimidating as well. So one of the things I tell Mm -hmm. a lot of the people I speak to, especially the early career people, is your responsibility, it's not only, and if you are a manager, it's not only to manage your subordinates. Your responsibility is to manage yourself as well as your manager. Your responsibility is to manage your manager also. Yeah. And... Oh yeah. Oh, How yeah. that can be done is we learn, you know, all of these great management styles out there. And but what does that really mean? How can that help with communication? How can we use that knowledge to help us get the resources we want, to help us get our managers to, you know, to see what it is we are trying to accomplish and achieve and support us in doing so. So the tips I would like to leave, I'm looking at three types of managers. We have the autocratic manager, and this is someone who tends to micromanage and is strong on compliance. So I would say to, to you mm. know to, to people when they are dealing with this type of manager, and it doesn't matter if it's your personality or not, the only way to get these resources and to get someone's support is to speak their language. So if your manager is an autocratic manager and you know they tend to micromanage and are strong in compliance, keep the discussion, any discussion you have with them, keep it direct, keep it factual, and keep on point. Don't add fluff. Yeah. Don't add fluff because it frustrates this type of individual. Okay, so that's the autocratic manager. If your manager tends to be a visionary manager, and this is someone who is more inclined, who is more inclined to be a long-term thinker. When you are engaging with this person, link your issues to the negative impact it will have on long-term productivity. That's where mm. you want to keep the focus. So you're looking and you're you're talking about the impact 
whatever situation is going on will have on long-term productivity. And finally, the third type of supervisor tends to be the democratic type supervisor. This is someone who prefers collaborative decision-making. When you are engaging with this type of individual and you have to link an issue, think about communicating the negative impact on team participation. Mm. Yeah. So don't don't interact with this person and tell them about, you know, how sad you are and everything like that. They will empathize, but you will get their attention when you start to speak about the impact to the team. Yeah, because that's great advice. Yeah, and many people think, um, Christina, that you know, that why should I make the effort? Why should I do this? The thing is, it's not just with your manager in life. If you want to get ahead, if you want to have good relationships, if you want to level up yourself, if you want to better your communication, it's not changing who you are. It's about being flexible to accommodate the learning, the way others learn, the way others interact, the way others understand what you are trying to say. Because communication is all about the other person as well, understanding your point of view. And if someone is not flexible, you may find yourself not getting that support that you need. Not because the other person is adamant about not giving it to you. It's just simply the communication that there is a barrier in the communication. So by understanding what works with the other individual, it makes life a whole lot easier. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Especially when you're trying to influence others, right? It's best to match their needs. Yeah. Oh, awesome. This is great advice. Now, there, I know there's so much more to dig into. Um, could you, before we get to your final piece of advice, so could you share a little bit about your products and our services so that our listeners can learn more? Of course. So I, I am the founder of the Institute for Achievement and Excellence. And there we have masterclass programs, programs. Uh, coaching consultancy. I work with businesses and individually with women to help them level up across all nine life areas so that they can step into more leadership roles. Um, Because unfortunately, you know, women are not as well represented as they should be in leadership roles. And even though I say women, the the information there is for everyone. But my, my, my focus is truly on women. And there is a free assessment on the website that you can do. You don't have to pay for that. And it can help you identify your areas of strengths and your areas of improvement across the nine life areas. And the website is achievementandexcellence.com. All one word, achievementandexcellence.com. Excellent. We'll make sure that gets into the uh, description as well. (laughs) All right. Your final piece of advice for our listeners. My final piece of advice. Um, I would say to everyone, you know, I, I appreciate we all live in a volatile world at the moment and, and everything seems like it's, it's, you know, it's difficult. But I would say, do not let anyone take your dreams away from you. Start where you are, use what you have and do the best that you can. But whatever you are trying to accomplish, just start. Doors will open 
that were not open before and trust mm. your instinct as you go along, but just start. Oh, that's inspiring. Thank <laughs> My you. My pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Christina. If you'd like to learn more about Elizabeth, visit her website at achievementandexcellence.com. Is it possible to have fun while developing yourself? Take a look at Christina's latest book, Life is an Escape Room, to see how the lessons learned through escape rooms apply to achieving more in life. Visit lifeisanescaperoom.com for more information.